0: simply soccer we're back so is christian conway from all the way from houston
1: my much like jacob gleznes i'm ready to hit the top corner this week
0: (laughs) well you did bring us home a point i will say
1: i mean if that's the only thing we brought home we also brought home a a couple of uh a lot of crosses out of that game too so
0: yeah so you know buckle in guys this is la galaxy talk um our episode last week fell through because of uh mercury and gatorade so (laughs) I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh keeping supporting us uh yeah uh the preseason you know I can't really say looked all that promising I mean we lost to Toronto who's a defending well not champion but you know they they're they're the
1: defending unless they're they're the current almost cup holders you know you know before the Seattle one yeah (laughs) I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, they are uh, they are an MLS Cup champion of the past that three is, years. Yeah. <laughs> but um I mean, the preseason was weird because in that game against Toronto, you have a player sent off in the 30th minute, which doesn't happen all too often in the preseason. So kind of my thought it was like they, they lost a game pretty much in the preseason because you know it's it's great to prepare having to play with ten players. I mean, but at the same time, you you can't really do the work that you need to do in order to get 11 players ready to play with one another and, and i guess the practice of playing with 10 if you you know want to go with the glass half full route like well it's a good practice just you you'll experience that at least once or twice in the regular season so i guess that's like a good thing but i mean the preseason was was it was disjointed is what i would say i i think there were moments of 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 brilliance but there was also a lot of moments of like woof there that's that's a serious concern which as we've seen in the first 2 weeks of the season is pretty much what it looks like the galaxy are going to be this year, which is moments of, of brilliance and then moments of just absolute, you know, kind of what's going on here. You know?
0: Yeah. My angle and my instinct has always been to keep the hope, keep the faith. Like the galaxy need us. They need the fans to, to keep supporting them. You know what I did notice um, and not to like jump around, but what I did notice was the galaxy kept their fighting spirit that home game. And that was something that I thought was missing last season well, I mean, if you talk, well, and, and, and I, I'm sure we'll reference
1: this at some point, but if you go back to the legit interview that he did with the, the Benny Sol and Zizo podcast, where he said it was really the Zlatan show when Zlatan was here, like they didn't, there wasn't a sense of unity in the way that I think going into the season, it's going to be. So I think definitely that fight's going to inherently be more there, just considering there's, you know, you don't have the media circus, you don't have the circus that is you know, there's lots of Ibrahimovic around the team anymore. And and, and I know that they've replaced it with another circus named Chicharito, but Chicharito is more of a guy that leads from the front, so to speak. So I think, you know, that that sense of fight, that sense of unity is definitely a lot more prominent this season. However, in the tactical framework of what they're trying to do, that doesn't mean that much as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, you look at the first two weeks of the season, they crossed the ball 27 times in both games. I mean, just if you look at, the way modern teams are playing nowadays, like the the good modern teams today cross the ball maybe 10 times out of open play. They don't cross the ball 27 times in a game. And even then, you know, Shaloto after week one doubles down and says, oh, we want to cross the ball more. It's, you know, the, the thing about Chicharito that's been his, his career is he's, he's never been known for being an aerial physical presence. Like, that's just not who he is. Well, and so, our players just aren't tall enough straight up. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's five, nine, like he's not, you know, this, this six five two twenty. Monster behemoth battering around that, mm-hmm. Lasney Ibrahimovic was like Chicharito was, was never going to be that guy. So, you know, it, and I know we'll probably get deeper into this. And I know a lot of fans, especially last night on Twitter, um, were clamoring for Shaloto's head, saying, you know, like, y- 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 this is not, you know, the way to do it. I I, I preach patience on that front, just because I think, I think Chiloto's teams when they when they default or when they realize like you know they can't do what tactically they set out to do, they then they get. They get reliant on individual talent to get them through a game, and if you look at this Galaxy team, they've got this Galaxy team is going to be okay. Like they have enough individual talent, and MLS is a league where I firmly believe that if you have just a good collection of players, they can figure out a way to win games. But you, you can't cross the ball twenty-seven times in a game in in today's game and expect to do well, just because center backs have gotten bigger, center backs have gotten better like better in terms of aerial threat. Like you don't have the horses to. Hit headers all the time on this galaxy team, like so. You know, this now be, we now get into this this very slippery slope question of what is Shaloto's tactics and what does Shaloto bring to the galaxy that you know makes them better.
0: Well, tiki-taka wasn't working because I noticed that they were doing that too. Um, my my whole thing is, I mean, I want to say it's too it's too soon to say. Um, you know, you, you looking like you said at the preseason, that's kind of like practice. I mean it's the second game. I kind of felt like the defense at least looks better. Um, you know, you got Dupoy who's pretty solid, Felcher's looking solid, um, that whole back line, the back forward, like they're great. Um it's the midfield that's lacking creativity, lacking getting the ball forward and in getting the ball in front of net, I wanted to say finishing in front of net, but I feel like they just—I mean, of all of their six corners, they only got one shot on goal the entire game. Well, the, and, and the other thing too about about the midfield is that
1: Legit sits in this game. He he, you know, he comes off the bench, and mm-hmm. I I think that's partially a response to him airing some laundry out on a podcast. Yeah. And I have a feeling the Galaxy front office did not know he was going to air out the laundry that he did um, to the extent that he no, did. No, but MLS
0: is milking it, let me
1: tell you. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, MLS, MLS loves to create – or MLS manufactures drama for its own good because it sells it sells eyes. Like, I mean, that, yeah. that's Um, But it, it, it is weird. I think there is there is definitely a sense, at least in the midfield right now, that it's very unbalanced. And I think, you know – the problem is there's no real clear answer to, to fixing that balance because you start, you start clutching in Corona. I mean, obviously, Jonathan DeSantis, whenever he's healthy, he will start. I think there's no question about that. And I've, I've long opined on this podcast exactly how good Jonathan DeSantis is. He just, Jonathan just changes games. Um,
0: I mean, it is true, though. I mean, like, Shaloto usually does late um, yeah. and, and, and subs, kinda, and then this time, yeah, it was early subs, and that, that was concerning. Well, I mean, we knew he was probably not going to go full ninety just because of the injury,
1: and for I mean, sure. he hasn't had any. He didn't have any preseason time, so I think forty five. I think minutes. we're
0: just feeling like we're lacking depth. I mean, you know, legit when he came off the bench to me, I mean, he he was um, getting the ball back when we lose when we would lose it. You know, Bingham's obviously saving us. He saved us from that. You know, second goal that could have been a, because of the, the PK. Way, you know, a fantastic
1: penalty save. Yeah. <laughs> to. To have his body going one way, realize it's going center, and then get it with his foot was actually a, a really good piece of goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, the thing is, the problem with this 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 balance issue that we seem to have is that there is real no clear fix for it. Because, I mean, you sit Corona, who I guess is meant to be kind of the shuttler in the midfield for Legette, who's more of a number 10 kind of style. And you've got two number 10s in question. Legette on the field with really no good defensive cover outside of Jonathan DeSantos for that back line that I think we both can admit is a little bit fragile. Um, or you start Corona, but you lose some of the creativity that legit brings, or you could sit clutched and start legit. But then again, I think questions a little bit at this point in the season, a little bit of a better option than legit. And I've, I've long railed that national team legit and LA galaxy legit are two very separate people. And Agreed. that, that was going to be the big test of the season was, can they get, National team legit to play for the LA Galaxy, we haven't seen that yet, and that's frustrating because lejet's skill set when he when he's when he's playing for the national team is absolutely phenomenal. He's so good in tight spaces, he's so good at pass. I mean, he can turn you know, body off a defender, or whatever. And then when he's playing with the Galaxy, he almost looks a little bit more restrained. Um, so I mean, this this whole entire question of midfield balance is so it's a tricky question. Uh, question. And again, this is where. I understand where a lot of the frustration comes on the manager, which is this is the manager's job to figure out this balance. They're gonna need, you know, I, I, I long said in in the the coming windows of transfers, I long railed the Galaxy need to find a center back. I'm almost changing the priority now in my head. So they need to find a number ten. They need to find a guy that like they know can creatively orchestrate this midfield the same way that Jonathan DeSantos defensively orchestrates the midfield.
0: Yes, but. But do we have even that option when the summer window comes? I mean, mean,
1: the thing is much like in just in general life, always, I always, I've always felt that there's always a good deal if you know where to look. And I, I, I think I hope uh, the galaxy with the extensive list of connections that they have, especially if you look at the Netherlands, if you look at Mexico, if you look at Argentina, considering who's really in charge of the club right now, they can go find a good deal for a number 10 at, at some club there. The question is, you know, what are the other holes that need to be pocketed as, or, uh, or need to be covered up as well. And like, th- this is a galaxy team that one through 11 is very good on paper. 11 through 23 is uh, there's questions there. Like, I
0: mean, definitely there's no DP spots, you know? So it's like, I guess we can get guys on loan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or, or, or,
1: you know, this is what the galaxy were so good at under Bruce arena, which was that they were, they, they went out and just, found money to go sign players. And even like, of course we can talk about the Omar Gonzalez deal, the, which started the whole entire target allocation money era and stuff like that. But even, you know, they would go out and sign players and everyone would be like, how did the galaxy figure this out? And they just have one of the best accounting departments in MLS. They just knew the rules, knew how to work it in a way that was like, they were like the kid in class that was like, oh, well technically this is correct. Therefore you can't punish me. And you'd always really hate that kid, but you could never get mad because you're like, yo, yeah, well, that's, technically the way to do it right like it's that exact same thing and so i think i think the guys can go out and do that in this in these upcoming windows but again like i said like 11 through 23 on this roster or 12 through 23 on this roster excuse me yeah. There's, it, 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 there's a lot of questions.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because was great in the back. Um, what happened with Katai? Because, I mean, okay, he didn't look that great in a preseason. But for some reason, maybe it was just really good editing skills, like I said. He seemed like he was full of promise. Like, I really – I know he's no Alessandrini. But, like, I thought he was going to be better than this. I mean, what's with the studs up? Like, okay, poor – you know, tackles like okay. Uh, okay,
1: the red card in preseason I thought was harsh to begin with. I thought it was yellow at best. Um, it's, it was one of those orange cards where you could see it go either way because um, he's trying to avoid the guy's leg and just the physics of jumping. He's wall midair his leg falls right on his knee and it studs up. Right. Um, the thing about Katai, and and uh, again, this is we're two games into the season. Like everyone you know, calm down, take a deep breath.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree, I agree.
1: It does feel like the sky is falling, coronavirus is gonna kill us all, the galaxy are losing. Like, take a deep breath, oh, we're two games God. into the season.
0: Hey, but you know what? You can still listen to us pod while staying indoors.
1: Yes, you can listen to us while you're watching a game because you probably won't be able to go to the stadium because it's gonna be behind closed doors and God knows how many months. Um, Dear. Anyway, anyway, um, but the thing is, a lot of people in MLS who are a lot smarter than I am said that Katai might be the pickup of the window. I'm beginning to agree with that because what I've seen – Katai hasn't scored yet, but what I've seen from Katai, especially in Houston, the guy's a menace. I mean he's he's a winger – like he's a quick winger, but he's like – he's physical. He's smart. He's, he checks all the boxes for me in a way that I don't know if Austin Dream necessarily did. Um, again, he's he's at a new club that's going to take time, and if you look at a lot of the Galaxy pieces right now, this is all – these are all – this almost feels like new pieces because – and I hate to go back to the, that name, but it does feel like a new team just because Zlatan Ibrahimovic is around it. And that this is now, that, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was this bridging kind of thing where it's like, okay, we know we need to rebuild, but where the galaxy expectations are very different for us. Let's bring on Zlatan Ibrahimovic for two years, pray that he can get us there while we reorganize, reorganize the house. This is the first year where it felt like this is the reorganized house. And yeah. And uh. there's. And it's very clear – and a lot of the problems that I, I've, I've seen over, the, over these two games, I'm thinking, hey, these are serious problems. But they're also problems where if you look at the goal that they concede in Houston, that's DePuy and Bingham just not having a rapport to understand. Like when one says, I've got it, the other one stays back. Like that's – these DePuy and Bingham have played three games together. The, the, these these – that kind of error takes – like on paper it looks kind of bad, but when you think about it, that's just – two guys that have played three games together, not sure how to communicate that fixes itself. Like you get used to the way that you communicate with other people over five, six, seven, eight games. Like it's not like, you know, Dupuy has some structural failing in that play that you kind of sit there and like, Oh God, he doesn't have the skill set. You know, it's just, it's a question of Dupuy and Bingham have their, you know, their lines crossed and then the goal goes in because neither of them are really sure who's going to commit to attacking the defender. If you look at the game, if you look at the goal, they concede in against Vancouver that's another thing where, you know, any other team's gonna score that play just because Depuy, it, you know, it's an outside ball to the to the uh, left channel, if I remember correctly, and, uh to the left channel. And Dupuy has to make a decision, which is you know, his wing back is tracked up all the way. He's got to make a decision whether he's either gonna commit to the ball or he's gonna commit to covering the cross, and he commits to covering the ball. And every single time that happens, you split the center backs and he, any smart attacker worth their salt is going to be sitting in the box being like, ooh, wait, center backs are split. I just need the ball to come to me, and I'm going to score it. And that's exactly what Tosin Ricketts does at the top of the box. You know, should Perry Kitchen be tracking back a little bit to make sure that, you know, Tosin Ricketts doesn't have that clear of an opportunity? Yeah, probably. But it's, it's, it, the, the two goals they concede are not goals in my mind where I'm sitting there being like, these are massive structural failings.
0: Right. Okay. And then there were also really bad ref calls per the usual. Um, at this, at this point, I, I've,
1: <laughs> if you want to go back and <laughs> listen to my feelings about MLS refs, there's a rant in this podcast series that is absolutely legendary.
0: Yes. Um, and I definitely, it's in, it's in the details guys. Yeah. So you don't have yeah. to go back very far. Yeah,
1: just, just, <laughs> just go back. Um, you'll find it. But I, at this point, I just think it's a, it's a, a futile exercise to even talk about MLS refing.
0: Yeah, you're right. hundred percent. But, um, Okay, so, look, Chicharito is not a ball-dominant forward. Like, that's just not the way that he's worked. That was part of my concern of him coming here. Um, You know, like you said, crossing's not going to work. Tiki-Taka's not going to work. So who do we have? Okay, so then you have Pavon, who deserves to be in Europe, and we're probably going to lose him next season. Um, but rather than say that, like we're screwed, it's like let's just use the pieces that we have. These guys can can figure it out. I mean, it, you can't come out the way that you did in Houston against Vancouver. You just can't. But that's what they did. Well, and and the thing is, so then that way I do blame Shiloto. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you look at the Galaxy, I and mean, they had
1: 54% possession in this game, they were, I mean, they dominated possession. Shiloto comes out and in, excuse me, in the press conference afterwards, and says, you know, um, he was saying things like. Uh, we, the way we played uh, was superior to Vancouver. We were unable to show up the place we got. We didn't have many, but they were better, uh, but they were better plays than them. So like it, on paper, the galaxy did play very like decently well in this game, but you know, it's, it's, a, it, this is, this is the thing about Shaloto is that Chaloto's a you know, Chaloto's system relies on individual talent to will him through games. I don't think he's necessarily the tactician that we all, you know, or that a lot of people thought he was going to be. I mean, you know, you look at his time at Lanús in, you know, 2013, 2014, he's, he's very good. Um, But then, you know, he, he goes to Boca and like a lot of the book on him at Boca was that he had a very, very talented squad that he didn't do a lot with. So, you know, again, this is, there was, there was open questions about Shaloto. And I think now we're starting to see those open questions. Like, again, it, it doesn't look like, outside of crossing it, there's a real tactical identity at times. And I I think it's more that Chiloto just relies on very good individual talent to get him through games. And that's, that's definitely a concern.
0: I mean, it's it's a concern. Look, not to, um, you know, put down Zubac or anything like that, but when he's your spark off the bench, when he's looking to be hero of the game, which is, is his job is what he should be doing. I, you know, but at any point I really didn't feel like we were going to score for real. Yeah, it it looked blunt. I think that was that's about the best way to
1: put it. I mean, they have one shot on goal, you know, in this game. And, and that's, you know, that's not good, especially at home. You know, like if you're going to be at home, if you're going to be, you know, you're playing in front of the home crowd and, and you've got to show a little bit more life than what they showed. Um, I mean, 12 shots, but like, you know, one on goal, that's really not the numbers you want. <laughs> in in this type of game,
0: yeah. Okay, um, maybe the other problem is lack of leadership because I know you know Chicharito was given the armband, but he was also sharing it with what looked like Jonathan Dos Santos, and then Sasha got it when Jonathan was subbed off. So I'm just you know. And then after the media press conference, like Chicharito didn't address the media. It's like it's too soon for stuff like that. I feel.
1: Yeah, and and and, well, in terms of Twitter and I'm not addressing the media, I can understand the frustration about, especially about this game, and especially with mm-hmm. him because if you look at that, uh, it was in Naked Humans, I believe, the interview where he talks about coming to MLS. He says like, you know, like, I still believe I have so much to give. I still believe I can be a critical part of a team. And these first two games, he has two shots, both of which are off target, and both of which, if you look at them, he really you know, that was, that was a hope and a prayer kind of shot. Like I understand this frustration and also keep in mind, Carlos Dela didn't talk to the media I, after the LAFC game. Um, it, I, I, I think that's, this gets to a, a more league wide thing than necessarily just a Chicharito frustration thing. Like, I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we as a media in U S soccer aren't necessarily as aggressive with how we want to, you know, get quotes and moments of, you know, of, Despair for players, but yeah, that's that's a longer, more ethics-based decision than I I care to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, th- th- I'm looking at like the whole entire thing, that, like the, the question of leadership, which is, it, I mean, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sasha Clutch, Jonathan Dos Santos, of course, we we know what he is. Sasha clutch who's been who's played in Europe, he's 30 years old, a well-respected, almost veteran. You know, Chicharito, of course, we know what Chicharito is. I mean, Joe Corona, who played in América, like. Katay who's you know is a european veteran et etc uh, as well and suo who's you know who played at stuttgart who was very good in the bundesliga like it, it, there's leadership at every position it just it does feel like and i agree with you that it it just doesn't feel like there's any clear kind of uh, accountability i guess is the word i want to use yes accountability yeah just, you, like there there was this this clip that i just saw on twitter uh, a couple hours ago of the ajax captain uh, Dusan absolutely lighting into Sergino Desk when he makes a mistake. Like, there, there, there doesn't seem to be a player that's going to light into someone and say, this is a problem, we need to fix it now. And that's kind of weird, considering all the the, the senior leadership that this team is supposedly supposed to have.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, if we're going to go back then and say that, you know, w- w- look, what Legit said, it wasn't anybody's surprise. That's to say, that's not to say, you know, I, I think it is getting blown out of proportion what he said, and I don't think that I don't think that he should be airing laundry out. Obviously, just like we wouldn't on this pod. But I'm just saying, like, I also understand in that way that, that now it's like, yeah, but who is going to stand up and criticize the team a bit from the inside? Yeah, I, I agree with that, and and and, and in on the legit interview, and I think I, I agree with you that. It's
1: been blown out of proportion. Look, I mean. And I think a lot of people who say, oh, Lejet's soft or like, you know, he's soft for airing it when Ibrahimovic like left. I guarantee everyone who's saying that he's soft has been in an office with someone that they absolutely despise every day and they have to see that person's face every day and they have to take the disrespect from that person every day. And the minute that person leaves the office, they're like, I turn to their coworker and say, I cannot wait to talk the most dirty laundry about that person the minute they're out of the office we've all been there. Like, we've all been in the jet position. Like, this isn't, like, he's not, he's literally, he, he's not, like, saying anything that, like, we haven't said about people in our lives. Like
0: Right, and, like, and then we couldn't figure like about someone. Zlatan, let's be honest. I yeah. mean, you know, he's not, he's, look, he's human. I'm not about to sit here and say, oh, yeah, like, you know, Zlatan's, like, this, this, and that personality and toxic. Like, dude, whatever. Like. And the thing about Zlatan is that, every if you look at, again, if you look at it, I, like, what where's my want? cup though? What's, where's what's my start? six star though? That's <laughs> what I'm upset about. I don't feel any closer to it. I know it's only two games in, and um, you know, I I did say, on camera with first to five, like, yeah, race to it's like we're getting that six star. But like, you know, obviously, you still want to believe that, you know.
1: Yeah. A quick button ender on the uh, Zlatan conversation before we move into that. Um, for sure. The thing about the thing about Zlatan is, and and this is why Chat aired this, and and. and Legit is not the first person to say this about Zlatan, nor will he be the last. The thing about Zlatan is every club he's been to, he believes he's bigger than the institution. If you look at the clubs where it did not work out for him, which was, you know, the one club where it really didn't work for him was Barcelona. That was because out of all the clubs in Europe that he could have gone to where it would have, he would have never been bigger than the institution. That was Barcelona because Barcelona is this socio political, you know, Monolith in Catalonia. He was never going to be bigger than Barcelona, like, mm-hmm. and that's why it kind of didn't work. So, like, I mean, ah. I get it. Like, I get Legent's frustration. I'm sure there's other teammates in Catalonia, team which is history, that have probably aired the exact same thing. Um, in terms of the doom and gloom, I honestly feel like I'm yeah, the the famous photo of the guy with uh, you know all the bombs going off in the background and saying everything is fine, calm down. <laughs> I feel like I'm that that guy.
0: Well, like, look, we love Galaxy season. Twitter. We love our our fandom you know I I respect fam and everything but it is it is it's lit right now (laughs) and
1: it's it's, it is and and
0: understandably so I'm glad to see all the concern you know what I mean we love this team we have standards
1: yeah and and some some rightfully could argue a little too high but um (laughs) the thing the thing I will say is the so again we're going to get games like this in the season where it's just sometimes just the team doesn't have it on the day I think that you know I think we can probably chalk that off as just the Galaxy didn't have it on the day. I, I don't think, you know, if you're going to have those type of games, having them early in the season is not a bad place to be. Um, you know, the, the the thing I will say is the, the number that concerns me the most coming out of this game is, in terms of expected goals, the Galaxy total team XG was 0.56. That's, that is, that is low. I mean, that's... I mean, okay,
0: we would have to pull up the stats. What happened with the 2011 uh, team that won the cup? They didn't, I know that there was a better solid team, and okay, you know, we well, they, had well, they, Donovan they and everybody, but, but no, no, they no, went. seriously, like they, they, they didn't have that many goals. Goal yeah, score, no. they, have, they went
1: one point in their first two games, all of a sudden they won the title. I think a lot of this reaction to the Vancouver game, yes, there are legitimate concerns, and and I think it's not
0: PTSD from past seasons. <laughs> I
1: think I think there are legitimate concerns we can bring up here, especially, you know, in reference to Shaloto's tactical inflexibility or inability to figure out how tactically to get himself out of situations that are very rough. I think that's, that's been my biggest criticism of Shaloto is that it doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to be adaptive in a situation where, you know, you go down a goal and all of a sudden it's just, well, you know what, we're going to keep doing the same thing and hope it works. Like he, he doesn't seem to, to like respond to situations as they pop up in game. Now, Sometimes that's a good thing because, you know, you can overreact. But the way I've seen it with Shaloto is that he, he he's very tactically dogmatic in a way that he doesn't like switching things around. And that is a bit of a concern if, you know, I, I think the game that really highlighted it the most was the playoff game last year against LAFC where the Galaxy were getting killed outside with, you know, with Giancarlo Gonzalez on the right and Diego Rossi just running at him all day. and you know, anyone with two eyes and half a brain cell could have seen it, you know, could see that happening. And Shiloto doesn't decide to change it until the 70th minute. Like, you know, it, that, that game highlighted to me the kind of the tactical inflexibility of what Shiloto is. This game, I think, also is one of those games, too, where, like, you know, again, the Galaxy can't within 27 crosses to the players they have right now and hope that it's going to work out. They just don't have the players for it. So, you know, it, a lot's got to change fast. <laughs> but it's not the end of the world. We're two games into the season. <laughs>
0: Right. And I do want to say that, you know, the home opener didn't go the way that we wanted it to, obviously, for more reasons than one. But, however, one, I will give it to the fans, supporters, always bringing, it, bringing the atmosphere, um, showing up when the team on the pitch isn't. Um,
1: we G's fans get like hype for the home opener in a way that I've never seen other team's fans get, like...
0: I don't, know, <laughs> I, don't
1: know, I don't know what it is, but like so, I saw, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who, and I apologize if you were listening and, and it was your tweet and I, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but they were like, it feels like the first day of school when you get to see like all your friends again and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that, but with a bunch of shots of tequila, <laughs> that's the home opener for galaxy fans.
0: 100%, I did not even see that, but um, I do want to say that hopefully this is a blessing in disguise in that look, as Latan hid all the problems that we had before. Now we can see the problems and fix them. I mean, look, if 26, over 26,000 people in the stands can see it, I'm sure Shaloto can see it. So, you well, know.
1: And, and, and it's, it's tricky. The, the Galaxy job in general is very tricky because we as fans expect so much out of the team. Like, the Galaxy can't come out and write it like, you know, I'm an LA Kings fan and they wrote a letter to, the fan base that said, look, we're going to suck for the next six years. Like we just don't have the talent. We're on horrible contracts. Like we need to build up youth talent, you know, young talent. It, it's going to be a rough few years, but we feel we're going to be competitive after that. The galaxy is one of those franchises. They cannot come out and do that. Just the expectation that the world has about the galaxy is the galaxy they have to always be competitive, but also be in a position, like they're in a position right now where they always have to be competitive, but also the galaxy probably need two rebuilding years. And, and they just can't do that. So it's it's a bit of a weird position for the Galaxy to be in because they are. This is a team that is definitely in in in, a re, in in a sort of rebuilding phase. Like they're still definitely, you know, you can see it that you know, kind of the scaffolding around the building is still up. But
0: they still. Well, that's still, why I don't want Shiloto to get out.
1: Well, they're still expected to, to win an MLS Cup. Like it's it is that's the problem with the Galaxy job. I, I think knowing MLS is you know, patience with head coaches. I don't think Shiloto gets fired before the end of the season. If he ever, you know, you know, he made the playoffs last year. He won a road playoff game. His job's probably safe for two years. Um, So I, I I hear some groans
0: from the audience now. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) I I mean, last season was successful. Last season was a good season. I know everyone is still, you know, smarting about the loss to LAFC in the playoffs, but there were only two teams in, in MLS last season that won a playoff game on the road. We were one of the two, like, and they, they, They went to Minnesota, and that's not an easy place to play, and they won. So, you know, last season was success. And so the way MLS coaches are – like, the the way that at least over the years that I've been following the league, I I see coaching in MLS. Like, MLS coaches, unlike European coaches, get a very long leash, partially because there's no promotion relegation. And I've now just incited a whole entire line of Twitter people that are going to be in my mentions about promotion relegation. But anyway. I know,
0: but I've been saying about how we play – we being MLS plays the world's game, the American way. And yeah, exactly. if you want to keep expanding, I don't really see how this is going to work without relegation, but okay. Yeah, I mean, that's,
1: again, we could, we could, we could do an entire podcast on that. Yeah, I mean, it would be like a four hour podcast, but anyway, so yeah. Shaloto is going to have time. Um, I think that there are things that I'm seeing that I'm now kind of, I think the early the early returns with Shaloto, I think all of us were just so happy to feel like we were part of the new MLS trend. We had Shaloto, you know, we had DeClosa. Like they're bringing in exciting names. Like now we're starting to see some of the tact our tactical drawbacks of what Shaloto is, and I'm hoping that he, I'm hoping that he, he has the self awareness to say, all right, I, I screwed this one up. Like, how did come in? How do you come out to the media after the Vancouver game? And basically said, look, this is on me. I got my tactics wrong. Like, we're we're gonna get better here. It it was more that like, oh, you know, you know, we're gonna keep going with what uh, he said. You know, we we are going to keep going with what we were doing uh, last season, which is to control the game and attack and achieve it this time. Maybe we controlled the game, but we didn't win. It's like that's all well and good you know, in a vacuum where you know tactically there aren't any questions about you, but there have been. I mean, they've followed his career since Argentina, so he's going to have time, but I hope, you know, he has the self-awareness to kind of look at this game and say, all right, I need to change some things around.
0: Yeah. And one thing I will say about the home opener, like I said, going not our way is that hopefully these non-devoted fans, quote unquote, will find, you know, their way back to LAFC. Um, (laughs) Because I say that because they're, there were fans that were there that were there to see only one player Chicharito, and I know that we were upset, but fighting in the stands and throwing beer on the stands is not the way to go guys. We're better than that.
1: I I, I agree a hundred percent. It, and it was, it was very disheartening to see um, the videos of the fights that were, that were breaking out in the stadium. Um, I mean, and, and this is not just related to a soccer thing. It's related to just sport in general. I mean, yeah. Well, look. I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you go to a sporting event, you know, you this is not you don't pay money to do whatever the hell you want. You you are in public with a lot of other people, and I mean, if you I've always said if you wouldn't do it in the comfort of your own home, then why are you doing it in public as well? Like, I mean, could okay, that actually could go a lot of other places, but you know, I know in terms of like you know, like it, it it just it doesn't make sense. Like, it drives me crazy because it's like you're paying money to do this, but you're also like you're your behavior also affects those around you it's it's a shocking and annoying lack of self-awareness of the people around you and it and i mean i really hope that we we as fans do a very good job of ensuring that you know when we see you know another fan getting too drunk or something like that and you know getting aggressive that you know we de-escalate the situation to the point where we don't have these kind of videos coming out of our stadium because it is it's i mean it's just it's it's an embarrassing look. And it's and, and I I I hope that those fans that were involved in those fights um either, you know, you know, have a moment of self-reflection, and realize how absolutely embarrassing it was for them and for the club and stuff like that. And that, you know, either they realize that they can't attend games without getting into a fight and then they should not be attending games, or they realize that this is just, you know, this is not anywhere anywhere near acceptable.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that PSA. So with that, um
1: also Also, who are you that you're getting drunk, like, that drunk at Dignity Health Sports Park, considering how expensive beers are? Like, how? Yeah, seriously. I want your (laughs) job. I've got that much disposable. If if you have that much disposable income to drink that much beer at the stadium to the point where you're ready to fight someone,
0: think about, like, spending
1: your money in better ways, please. Yeah. Donate to a charity or some shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's get to listeners' questions.
1: I I guess listeners donate questions to us as some form of charity
0: they do um so fight everyone says i get that coaches should be able to make the best (laughs) speaking of fighting (laughs) i know right they have available but do you cut gbs any slack for jonah being out or injured last year we lived and died based on zlatan's performance is it possible we're seeing this again but with uh jonathan Santos? and yes i'm aware i'm grasping at straws i just really want us to not be as bad as i think we are
1: um so uh, Taylor Twelman made a point last year on one of the broadcasts of the games, I believe it was the Minnesota game, where he said the, the, the biggest person in the Galaxy last season was Llatan Ibrahimovic, but maybe the most important is Jonathan Dos Santos. I agree with that. I think the Galaxy live and die by Jonathan Dos performances simply because he is one of, the, one of the best defensive midfielders I've ever seen. Um, and I say that as a connoisseur of defensive midfielders. Um, the thing I will say about it is, first off, this injury we kind of knew Jonathan had coming into the season that he was dealing with some form of hamstring quad issue. I don't think this is, I don't think this falls necessarily on Shaloto. I think this is just the natural run of an athlete like this. I mean, this athletes get injured all the time. So I, I, I think, you know, this isn't, I don't think this falls on Shaloto. I think they the way they handled it was actually very, uh, very smart. You know, they knew that, you know, this is early in the season. You know, the thing about MLS is you can get away with, you look at, you know, Seattle's MLS Cup runs. They, you know, were largely indifferent for the first half of the season. And then they all of a sudden got hot and won cups. Like, I mean, you can get away with maybe chunking the first five games of an MLS season. And if they're going, I think it's an abundance of caution with with Jonathan DeSantis. Like, they're not going to rush him back for Because a game against, this, a game in the second week against Vancouver is not a must-win game for the Galaxy. You know what I mean?
0: Totally. Like you said, it's early in the season and I think that they can go ahead and rest him. Like you said, take him out early. It's I understand, you know, that midfield, not I said, you know, we're missing Alessandrini and we just don't have it. And so that depth and, and everything that you're worried about, but it, it's better to protect a player and suck at the beginning so that way we can we can take this all the way and on the road, you know, if it gets like that. Yeah. Um, you know, people are talking about that Minnesota style of play. I mean, yeah, what did happen to that? Well, you have you have you have a lot of players that that change. You know, we have different people this time around, and and just because something worked one way doesn't mean that you bring it the same way. You know, the whole thing is, you know, that my criticism is that there is lack of creativity, and I don't want to be playing like we did against Minnesota. I don't want to be playing like we did against Houston. It's like no, we have to come out, we have to adjust every game, and um, you know whether that's the formation. Um, as people were saying, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the, it's, yes, it's on the coach, but it's at the same time, like, let's give these players a chance to learn, to mesh together. Yeah. And, and again, I, I again, I I,
1: and I, 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 I railed against myself earlier for doing it, but I do have to bring up being room, which again, cause this is a different, I mean, the mm-hmm. the, the mentality is different now this year, it's going to be goal scoring by committee. They don't have a guy that's going to ping in 30 goals. Like, you know. It, it, the, the, the sense of everything is very different this year than it was compared to two years ago. Like, I mean, this is a very different place the galaxy are in, and they're figuring it out, you know? So, I mean, it's... It, the, a lot of the problems that I've seen over the over these first two weeks are definitely teething problems, not really structural systemic problems that are, con- are concerning in a way that, like, oh, we can never fix it, you know what I mean?
0: Right, and I feel like we covered it um, when we said... I mean, you know Chicharito is not not going to be your your ball guy at the top. He's no, just I mean, not that's just not the way he plays. So, but to call him Geo 2.0, I don't think that's fair yet. It's, I mean, I'm the last person who's going to sit here and defend Chicharito, but you know what I'm saying?
1: It's two weeks into the season. Like everyone who's saying Geo 2.0, two weeks into the season, has no sense of patience whatsoever in their lives. Like, I mean, the guy's going to score goals. I mean, he's going to score at least ten goals this season. I have no question in my mind about that. Like. The problem is that they're still trying to figure out how to play with him, and it's—I mean—he's been at the club for three weeks. It's not like he's been there for three years. So, like, <laughs> patience.
0: So Miami FC did impress. They—they um, they were up to the match against LAFC. Like they stepped up. Uh, they <laughs> got some weird red card situation that kind of took them out of the running uh, against DC. Um, so what are we looking at when we go there on March 14th?
1: Um, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at a team that is definitely coach uh, is a, is a hallmark Diego Alonso team, which is, they're not necessarily flashy. They're not necessarily this, you know, beautiful possession based tiki taka style team. They're, they're hard workers. They're, I mean, they're, they're an aggressive pressing hardworking side. I mean, that's, that's what Diego Alonso was known for. That's what he does well. And so, I mean, there is question. Um, I mean, obviously, Romontares will not be uh, available for the match considering his red card. Um, I think that's a pretty big loss. Considering, Oh, that, yeah.
0: We've got guys suspended. Um, a tie. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, th- that's that's definitely a question. Um, but, I, th- you know, it, again, this this is a good Miami side. I mean, if you look at the game against LFC they pressed very well. They... I you could argue honestly that probably should have won the game. Um but you know, I I think the Gaussian they're gonna they're gonna have trouble. I mean, you know, Rodolfo Pizarro is obviously a great player. Um, I mean, you know, Victor Ulloa is really good. Like, I mean, there's you know, of course Juan Agudelo, that's a, a name that most of us will remember. They have talent at every position, they're deep at every position. This is it's not necessarily a flashy team. I think I think a lot of us expected Miami to be a little bit more flashy considering the David Beckham ownership, you know their stated goals are Tomas ownership as well, but they've done a very good job of just building a really solid roster that isn't, you know, you know, is really hard to beat. And so, um, I think the galaxy are going to struggle. I think, especially, you know, it's the, their first game at home. So obviously you have, you have that energy. That's going to be really difficult to deal with, but I mean, you know, no kids no Corona, that's going to be difficult for the galaxy, but you know, it, this is MLS, you know, the, the way you win trophies is you draw on the road and win at home. So, you know, if the Galaxy go out and get a draw on the road, it, it would be, I'd, I'd consider it very successful, especially, especially considering, you know, it's it's their first game at home in the club history. I mean, that's weird things happen in those kind of games. Just the energy is so different than a normal game. You know what I mean?
0: I really thought with our defense and with Jonathan Dos Santos on the pitch that we were going to win at home. Um, that said, as good as Miami looks, I... I really think that we could beat them. They're an expansion team. They're still figuring their stuff out too. Um, not to like put down expansion teams, but well, no, I mean, and, and I know with like expansion teams, dare I LAFC, Atlanta United, you know, are, are successful. But I, you know, I'm just saying.
1: But then there's also Cincinnati. Right? Like, <laughs> right, expansion is a very difficult thing. And you're not put, yeah. you're not putting down anyone by saying it. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> a really difficult thing to do.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and like I said, I, I was very, it was, you know, Miami very entertaining to watch. Um, I feel like the first half of this match could be boring as hell. Uh, I feel like they can come out slow. I feel like LA Galaxy have been playing it safe uh, when they come out and I'm just like, just attack, just shoot the ball. I don't care who's shooting it. I mean, I don't want, you know, Katai well, Katai's not going to be there. He's suspended. Maybe that's a good thing. Um but I'm just saying, like, stop skying the ball. Like, it's okay to hold it and and shoot, but at least at least get up there. I don't want to just be relying on Pavone the entire time. I mean, as much as we could, and you know, he's going to be MVP and everything like that. But but I I just want guys taking shots. Yeah, and I think the other thing about it too is that Belcher can score. I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and and I do want to highlight. Um, one thing that I've noticed over these first two games is actually the outside backs, both Insula and Feltra, have actually been relatively fantastic.
0: Yeah, they have. Yeah, solid, solid. Um,
1: but the, the thing I I would stress about this game especially is I almost am reticent, you know, and, and I think we'll, we'll probably put out something later in this week that actually really goes into this game a little bit in more detail. You know, I, I'm reticent to really kind of draw any kind of conclusions out of this game because it, it, the off-the-field intangible of this game, I mean, it's, you know— Miami's return to MLS it's their first game you know there's there's so much outside of this game like that doesn't even affect tactics whatever but just will affect the atmosphere of the game and I think it's going to be like this is not a game where like gets really straightforward to say anything and I'm, because it's just you, the energy is so different of like a first game in history you know what I mean like it, it's just it's a weird kind of thing
0: yeah I mean it's going to be fun I haven't decided where I'm going to watch yet but most likely. They I mean, it, <laughs> well,
1: it's going it's, it's to be a great game, too, because, I mean, the Miami hired the guy that won the CONCACAF champions, like, two times in a row. No one's ever done that before. He's a pretty good head coach. Um, so, and, I mean, Rodolfo Pizarro, I mean, not necessarily the player everyone thought he was, but he's still a really good player. I mean, they've got they've got good players. Like, it's just going to be fun to watch. And, of course, I mean, as a Galaxy fan, you know, I, I love watching AJ Delegarza play no matter what, so it'll be good to see him. You know, um,
0: oh, yeah.
1: it was, it was funny, uh, going through old, uh, galaxy player Instagrams and they were all at the, uh, the first Miami match. Cause they were all like, they had all played with David Beckham and then and AJ De is still out there playing, even though he played with Beckham, like what, six years ago. <laughs> so, or no, God, eight years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Time flies. Uh, time time flies. it was I saw I it. It was like, it was like a galaxy reunion at the LAFC stadium.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Alrighty. So Arajo did not get called up to the U S men's national team youth under 23.
1: So not the most surprising. Um, the prevailing sense was that most of the MLS clubs were not going to release their players for qualifying. Um, which I, which broke a lot of like this traditional, I guess, kowtowing to us soccer that whenever us soccer came, MLS clubs would always open the door, so to speak. Um, not the most surprising. Uh definitely, you know, a bummer for Raho because he he was he was a really critical part of the early part of this U twenty cycle. Um, but you know, it, this is this is now the world we live in, in MLS, where it's like they don't want to release players because these under twenty players are actually critical to teams now. And that's that's a good thing for MLS. It's not necessarily the best thing for the US youth national team program, but um, I mean, yeah, it it's not surprising. Um I just, yeah, I, I, it, I, 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 it, I'm glad the galaxy are keeping him. Um,
0: I know that's what I was thinking. We need that depth. Um, because that's exactly why we were saying like, look, you know, U S men's national team legit, not the same. Yeah. So I, you know, there have been a couple guys that I feel like, well, let's just say it's <laughs> wanting like to, to the camp. Yeah. You um, know? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you,
1: there's a whole entire argument and conversation about, well, you know, is this the best for Araujo's development as a player and and whatnot? And and I, you know, look, I mean, the U20 qualifying, even if, you know, even if Araujo doesn't get the call, et cetera, I mean, you know, for the Olympic qualifying for U23s, excuse me, you know, even, you know, even if he doesn't get the call, I mean, that U23 roster should get the job done. I mean, there's enough talent on that roster that they should get the job done. Um, and then who knows where might be going to the Olympics, or we might have a canceled Olympics. But anyway, um, I know
0: that's another <laughs> this, thing. It's this so all, really might, this all might be or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. U.S. Women's National Team, England, yeah. and then Spain.
1: Well, for the, the She uh, Believes Cup, which, by the way, there's been some really high quality games played the She Believes Cup. If you're not if you're not watching, I you know you, you should be. um, Look, I mean. Uh, I, 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 we, I
0: did, we did say there's not much to draw
1: I mean this is I, I mean the one thing the one thing you can draw about this is the United States women's national team is really really good um, which <laughs> we already do um, I mean the game against England England looks really pedestrian oddly which uh, which if I'm an English national team fan, I'm really concerned by that, considering the fact that most of the players on the U.S. women's national team are in preseason at this point, and the English players are in the middle of their season, and England looked a step behind every single minute of that game, and this was, you know, U.S. women's national team players in preseason. That's, that's a bit of a concern, and that's going to be a, a real big question for Phil Noble to answer moving forward is, you know, you know, why did they look so pedestrian Um Against the United States women's national team, and 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 Phil Neville was really drumming or beating up, you know, beating the drums in in the press before this game. He already said, you know, oh, we believe we've closed the gap. We believe we're on the same talent level. We believe, you know, we can beat them any game we play them. And then they go out and put in that performance, which was it was not great. And you know, Chris and Press score is an absolute world in this game. Um,
0: yeah, that's who I was thinking of right away. The
1: goals. Yeah has anyone had a better 2020 than kristen press like uh, between between uh, world or uh, olympic qualifying and that i mean she's been absolutely phenomenal this year um the spain game was again very similar to the game that they played in the world cup which is that spain's a, spain's a really tough team and 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 as I, I as i said last year the thing that spain lacks and that's going to that if they ever obtain, they're going to be probably the best te- one of the best teams in the, in the in the world, women's national team-wise. Is they lack like one match winner, like they they lack a player that can take the game by the scruff of its neck and be like, "All right, I'm, I'm settling this. I'm winning. I'm winning this game for us." They don't really have that, but if they get it, watch out because they're going to be absolutely devastatingly good. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, they made the United States work, which if you look at the round of sixteen game. Or the round of 16 in the World Cup, Spain made the United States work for that win. So, I mean, again, this is She Believes Cup. There's not you know you can you can take some things out of it you know but you know can't really take a lot considering you know it's not really a major international tournament. It's you know the United States invites player or you know invites the teams and whatnot. But I mean, the way that the United States have come out in these in these two games against England and Spain, they've looked they they do not look like they've lost a step. And I mean, they would be the first team on the women's side to do the world's cup Olympic double that no team has ever done it before. It's not an easy task to do, but I mean, if they play like this, you've got to consider them favorites
0: in the Olympics. Absolutely. I mean, again, our expectations are high, but for, for a really good reason. Yeah. I mean, what they haven't, like, they haven't lost a
1: game in two years. <laughs> like expectations are high.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've covered everything that we want to cover I mean, okay, just a quick thought on the galaxy. When they are shooting, since they can't finish in front of net or they can't even really get up there, should they just shoot from distance?
1: Um, I'm sure some analytics guy would say that's probably a dumb idea, but um, just <laughs> you're talking about diminishing returns on XG and whatnot. But I mean, the problem the problem is that this this team this year is set up to goal score by committee, except the committee has no idea what to make in terms of decision making, like. It's, you know, it's a sense of, you know, the emperor has no clothes. Like they, they, they have to, they have to, you know, again, I agree that, you know, they need to be more selfish. I think that's definitely without a doubt, but you know, it's, it's about getting high, high opportunity moments and they're not, you know, the way that the galaxy are playing currently, I don't think they're getting those high opportunity moments. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the major concern. Now, you know, I mean, again, I go back to that expected goals number 0.58 this this past week, like that's abysmally low, you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: well, had, that's why we said there's legit reasons why everybody's freaking out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, 27 crosses to players that aren't, you know, the the, the book about Chicharito or Katai or Pavon was never that they were good with, you know, they're not good. I mean, they're all not particularly great in the air. I think out of all the three of them, Katai is probably the best in the air. And I think he scores them like three headers oh, last year. Yeah. Like he's, he's, this is not what he does. Um, so, again, it, it, I think it goes back down to what we were talking about earlier about and the questions we have about Shaloto, which is that, you know, can he figure out a way to get the most out of this team not crossing the ball? And that's the that, – I think that's the – in terms of the early, you know, first few weeks of the season, that's going to be the big question of this Galaxy team is can they figure out a way to generate offense without, you know, just playing root run, hopelessly lumping into the box and praying that someone finds some Air Jordans and hops like seven feet away. Right.
0: No, like, no, no. Control of the ball, patience on the ball, not giving up the ball. Um, so in our half, uh, definitely, you know, I mean, I know it's easy for me to sit here and say, like, you know, come up with something better. Don't try the same thing over and over again and hope it works. But, but you know, if, if like I said, all of us can see it in the stands and everybody's, like, shouting and crying out, like, please, <laughs> well, you know? I, I mean, the, I almost think
1: it's there's an issue in terms of, connection between the lines so to speak like watching in houston what i really noticed was that like the minute the ball would turn over the galaxy just looked really disjointed in terms of getting the ball to the forward line mm-hmm. and like i think that's that's definitely something they're going to have to work on is this is this is this, this idea of connecting you know the yeah. defense to the midfield to the attacking three like and and maybe that's probably why and you know again i i do think Leggett sat this game against vancouver partially because of what he said in podcast. i think it. i think that's we can pretty much all safely agree that.
0: Because when but he came I, on, he really was a fire, like okay, I said. He went
1: um, But I also think, you know, maybe that's why they brought in Corona as this guy that's just kind of the link-up guy between these three lines. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think Corona necessarily did that very well in the game against Vancouver. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I think again, it all boils down. We we talked about it earlier, but I think it does really boil down to. This 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 balance in the team isn't there yet, but it will be. Like, it's going to be. It's going to be figure outable. Like, I think that's that's what I'm trying to stress here.
0: Balance and patience sounds like a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as always a pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in, you guys. Stay tuned next week. We'll be talking post Miami. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos, a Miami. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot of people. I, I'm are so sorry be...
1: for going you to my singing. I apologize. <laughs> we're, we're gonna lose like a hundred listeners.
0: No, 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 no. Just, hopefully, yeah, they just uh, will forgive you for that. Now, or start singing along. So, okay. <laughs> anyways, uh, shout out to the fans who are traveling, and we'll see you next time. See you soon.